Welcome to Season 2 of the Small School Big Time Hoops Podcast with your host, Javon Masters. New episodes are dropping every Friday morning. You can find the podcast shared on both our Twitter and Facebook pages. Like or follow those pages to be alerted on who the guests will be for that week, plus much more. Also, subscribe and review the podcast on Apple Pod. Our guest this week is Bemidji State Women's Basketball Head Coach Chelsea DeVille. We had a great conversation about hoops and her journey. Let's jump right in. As mentioned, the head women's basketball coach at Bemidji State, Chelsea DeVille, joins the pod. Coach, thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. I want to talk about your playing and coaching journey. Obviously, you're at Bemidji State now, but you're originally from Watertown, South Dakota. Where did your passion for the game of basketball come from? I was just kind of a tomboy. Um, growing up, I just loved sports. All my neighbor kids were were boys around me. Um, I had sisters. I have one brother. Um, they're a little older. All my cousins close to me were boys. Um, so it was just sports were everything. I played outside, like getting dirty. And um, I think it just came from days in the park. Um, and then being at Watertown, sports are everything to that town still are. So just growing up, going to games and, and just loving it. So um, basketball was just a, another thing I did. All sports were great, but definitely – Definitely my favorite sport because it was the easiest just to grab a ball and go outside. Definitely. And you were a tremendous player. You were a multiple-time All-State performer, uh, Miss Basketball finalist. You chose to attend Augustana College where you were four-year starter, conference freshman of the year. What drew you to Augustana? And then what memories kind of stick out to you from your playing days? I think the coaches in the recruiting process, I just had a great relationship with Coach Traphagen, um, was the assistant at the time, and he recruited me with Coach Kraut, the head coach who's still there. Um, they were just good guys. They made me feel wanted, and they, they, they saw a vision for me. Um, if I had to throw you know, schools out, I, I don't think that was one of my first ones I ever thought of, one of one – of, um, them that were high on my list. Honestly, I didn't really think about college a ton growing up. Um, AAU was just starting. It's not like it is now. I worked a ton. Um, and so basketball was just something fun. And when I realized I could play them in college, it it was all about relationships for me. And, and those two really became family. When I got to campus, I really liked Coach Krauth. Um, he was just a laid back, easygoing guy. Uh, I liked the way he coached on the sidelines when I watched games. He was intense and fiery, and um, and I just I just felt at home there. So it's kind of the the feeling that you want kids to have when you're recruiting women. Now that's what I had there. So it was a pretty easy hour and a half drive south on 29 to to make my first step out. Are there any games or memories with your teammates or anything like that that sticks out from that time of your life? There, there are some, some definite memories. You know, I think the biggest ones just come from, you know, off the court too with teammates, bus trips, all that. I mean, the, from almost, you know, and being in Puerto Rico as a redshirt freshman, we're, we're, 
in the ocean with these big, big waves and just having the time of our lives because we know we don't have to play the next day um, to big time games where, you know, we're up at, at the Betty at University of North Dakota and and we're upsetting teams um, going on 30 game home win streaks, just all these different little things. Um, it was just a great experience. I was there for five years with my redshirt year and tore my ACL twice. And uh, so there's a lot of those type of memories too, but the whole, the whole spectrum of it was, is just, we had amazing teammates and, and we won, which is always fun being successful, but just, it, it was the right fit the entire time for me. You mentioned it, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, you said that you redshirted. What was that year like for you, and how did you kind of get through that? It was it was the best decision. I mean, I, I came in as a string bean, 120 pounds soaking wet probably, and the Coach Kraut didn't sugarcoat things to us. You know, he's I mean, we had really good guards coming in. I needed to gain weight and get better, um, and they re- – they recruit to redshirt a lot of times. Most of their kids do redshirt still. Um, and just you get to ease into the college experience and learn the plays and kind of just see your fit and see how much harder you got to work in the off season because you're not as good as you thought you were. And the, the pace is bigger, faster, stronger, like everyone told you it was going to be. So it was a great, great experience for me. All three of us incoming freshmen redshirted. So it was nice to kind of live it together and it was the norm. I never felt like I wasn't good enough. I just felt like I had a year to mature my game and, and get stronger and, and kind of ease into it. So it was a it was a great experience for me and and definitely something that I needed to do as well. Well, after your time playing at Augustana, um, you got into coaching. What drew you to the coaching side of things? I think tearing my ACL really was the big push to go collegiate coaching. Um, sitting on the sideline my junior year, basically the entire year I, I tore it the second second game in, I just saw the intricate pieces of the X's and O's. And I, I was a good athlete, and I had a great vision and IQ, but I, I wasn't that skilled as far as actual skill set. I couldn't shoot worth a lick, and – I could attack and jump out of the gym, but um, I wasn't the best basketball player. I was just one of the better athletes. And so sitting out for a year and hearing how he's communicating to his coaches and hearing what he's saying and how he's coaching and watching the body language of my teammates and, you know, seeing what I don't see when you're an arrogant player thinking that, you know, it, you don't have to listen to your coaches. Um, I really just gravitated towards coach Krauth and what he, what his, his, life was all about and I just appreciated the sport even more so that ACL was awful obviously but I grew up a lot um in understanding that I wanted I wanted to be coach Krauth I wanted that life and um and that that's big that's a big waking up moment for me to to get me where I am now you got your start as a GA at Sioux Falls before you brought on as an assistant coach and then associate head coach during your time, you guys had tremendous success, both at the LAI level, and then you guys transitioned to the D2 level. Um, your first coaching experience is always a transformative one. What did you learn during your time at USF during, uh, doing all of those different roles? Yeah, well, the move was about four blocks from Augie to USF. And at that time, like you mentioned, 
uh, Augustana's Division Two, and USF is NAI. So um, there wasn't the the rivalry really. It was an easy move because my assistant at the time, when when I was getting recruited, like I mentioned, Travis Traphagen was now the head coach at USF, and. Um, you know, like, like I mentioned, the recruiting process, he's the one who's on the road all the time. He's working with me, doing individuals all the time. Assistant coaches, you know, work their tails off. They work harder than head coaches um, because they just have extra. Um, and he's the one who, you know, I, I knew how hard he worked and I knew he, he would make me a great coach. I needed to work under him to learn how to recruit and learn how to work hard and learn the X's and O pieces of it. I felt like I needed to get away from Augie because I needed to really grow up and, and take this seriously. So I didn't want to be coaching my friends. Um, so I went and I learned a ton from, from coach Kraut being there for five years. So I wanted to now learn from coach trap. And I mean, he threw me to the walls. He got me to work every every aspect of it. He let me just dive in and he got me on the court coaching right away. He got me into the operational things of just trusting me to have things planned and have things ran right. And um, recruiting, he threw me out and we went every day and he said, you're the first one there and you're the last one to leave because we're NAI and we're trying to get D2 kids and we got to prove it. So he, he, he's a reason I, I am the type of coach I am because he taught me how hard you have to work and how hard you have to um, put yourself out there to network and, and be somebody. So he, you know, be, between those two men, that's who I am right now. And all those roles that he gave me prepared me to go from a GA for one year to an assistant um, to a couple years later, him pushing me out the door saying, you can be head coach. You, you should go there. Uh, you can do it. Cause there's a lot of doubt um, within myself to, am I ready? And he, Coach Trap, he's the one who's like, yeah, you're dang right, you're ready. So um, really just an unbelievable experience at US, USF. Putting you on the spot again, yeah. um, looking back at your time as an associate head coach and assistant coach at a GA, what is something by the time you became an associate head coach that you were way better than, way better at than you were in the beginning of your coaching journey? Yeah, I mean – I think everyone as a player to an assistant, to a head coach, we're all know-it-alls. Um, I, I just learned to keep learning. Um, I definitely became a better coach of the game um, behind closed doors. For me, like I mentioned, the game slows down in games. I can see things that's such a fast paced game. So you make decisions on the fly anyway. Um, but I learned in, that I got much better at scouting and watching and, and kind of knowing what's going to come next from the other team because I watch film endlessly and um, I could tell kids where to be and why and just really teaching the game better as, you know, a GA who could just put kids through workouts to an associate uh, head coach to where I grew up and said, all right, this he gave me this title for a reason. Uh, I need to be ready to run a program. So I definitely got better at that. And then just delegating, even we had graduate assistants um, that I had to delegate work to, and I had to give up things to do and trust them and train them. Um, so I really got that full spectrum um, for the five years that I, I matured there. In 2015, your life changed tremendously. And that summer you became the head coach of Bemidji State. 
Take me through that period of time after the season wrapped up until June. What was that process like? And then what drew you to, to Bemidji State? Yeah, it is a long process now being in the state Minnesota State system. It takes forever. The job was posted, I think, sometime in early March. And, you know, it's open for 30 days and you don't hear anything. And um, it was like two months before I even got my phone interview. So it was a long, daunting <laughs> process. Um, but like I mentioned, Trap was, you know, preparing me. He's like, you're ready for it. Um, it's a great position in the sense that I love Division Two and I love the Northern Sun. I'm I'm now a mutt of the Northern Sun being at three schools. And um, I just, I love the balance. I love the competitiveness. Now, this is a, a dang hard job in, in the sense of funding and just location. Um, you know, when we're not fully funded, a lot of times it's not even how much I know. It's, gosh, we just, we don't have the money to offer bigger scholarships and go up against some other other schools sometimes and and anyone who knows basketball or sports it's it's the players you know um how good a talent and then how how well can you coach that talent um and that's that's a a big a big piece of why I still thought we could win here because it had so many diamonds in the rough it's a beautiful campus um we're right on the Lake Bemidji it you come up and I'm walking to work some days and you, you just hear boats and jet skis at eight 8 a.m. It's it's a pretty easy living up here. I love that Bemidji State's the only show in town besides the high school. It's it's fun to just it's it's BSU. It's green. Everyone everyone here loves BSU sports, um, but they really love them when they're winning. And so it it's it's just a nice place to to be in in a family atmosphere within the athletic department specifically. It's it was just the right fit when I came up on my my final interview, it, it felt just like it felt at Augie. It felt right. And it felt at home. You mentioned the family atmosphere. One thing I've been able to see from just following your journey on social media and stuff is that you're really involved on campus doing different things. Why is that so important to you? Yeah, I think it's just because I talk a ton. Um, I, I just love people. I, I was raised to just love people and um, enjoy people no matter um, if they're changing my garbage can or if they could give me a job, um, just seeing the best in people. So I just love hearing people's stories. I love uh, networking within wherever I'm at, whether um, it's at work or at, you know, at the bar, having, having a meal, just talking to people. So I network myself by a fault. Um, and that kind of got me into loving so many different aspects of things, you know, fellowship of Christian athletes is something that I wanted to continue to be a part of. So I've taken that over here. Um, I run our student athletic advisory committee and that's given me the opportunity to now be our senior women's administrator as well. So I I love, you know, making a a positive impact on our women's basketball players, but uh, selfishly, I want to get to know other athletes and those those different hats allow me those opportunities to now know a lot of the athletes and, and get to know their stories and, and get to know them and outreach a little bit and be an advocate for them, for their mental health and whatever journey they're on. So I, I'm pretty lucky. I, I wear a lot of hats, um, but mostly it's because I chose to, to kind of stretch my network that way. I like it, coach. Uh, for you, 
What was the biggest adjustment going from being an assistant coach to being the head coach of your own program? I think it was so hard for me to, you know, understand how I wanted to implement the relationship piece. As an assistant, my loyalty was always to Coach Trap, but I was an advocate and could really dive into the women on our team and understand who they were and, um, you know, kind of ask the, the questions that dig a little deeper and have a re- closer relationship where head coaches most of the time just don't get to do. And I, it, that was really, really hard for me um, coming here. I needed to make my space, but I also had this heart to, to love them up and, and want to know who they are and what's important to them. And that's been a blend for me. I probably came in a, a little more hard ass than I am now. I'm still tough. I, I think I have a scowling face. I, I'm tough to approach at times, I'm told. Um, but at, once you get to know me, you know, you can see my heart and where we're at. So that was that was hard for me to kind of understand what I wanted. I didn't even really understand what it was supposed to look like. I mean, I need to be the the face and the 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 end all um, at the end of the day, making decisions for this program. But and when we play, you know, no more than thirty games a year, I have a lot more days that matter um, that I need to be transparent and approachable to our young women. And and I feel like we finally, in the last couple of years, have that figured out. Um, and, and I'm really happy with the way I get to coach and the type of coach I am. The first few years, uh, your team went through some growing pains, but you could really see the program kind of trending in a positive direction the past two years. What kind of adversities did you guys face early in your tenure at Bemidji State? Yeah, I think, I think it's just time. It takes time to, to win in one of the best leagues in the nation, right? So, um, you know, like I mentioned, we're not fully funded, so I can't hand out full rides to 10 kids and say, all right, let's, let's figure this out. Um, I also didn't cut anyone when I got here um, as far as just, you know, cleaning house and bringing in my own kids and bringing in JUCO kids. I really did it a slow and, and low way where we kind of got through things. There was um, good kids here when I, got, when I got here and tried to make them as best as we could start bringing in our our own kids and have the kids we adopted when we got here it just takes time and you know no team in wins with five freshmen in the northern sun you might have a freshman that plays and might have a freshman that's a stud but it takes time so you know you're also wrong and it's also hard so kids come in and they think all right let's go and then they find out it is really hard to win here and maybe i'm not tough enough for it or maybe life is too hard or maybe school's too hard or, you know, all these different things happen. Um, so we had some injuries that, that kicked our butts, uh, specifically that third year of, of my coaching career. And we've had some ups and downs with just life that happens within basketball you can't control. But I think the biggest part of our maturation was really just time, getting the right kids in and, and developing them. And now we're seeing success because we have the, same kids here um and now they're instead of freshman sophomore they're junior seniors and and that's just that's huge to win that's that's what you need and you alluded to it um all those bumps in the road kind of led you to where you are now this past season was really special for your team um in a short season you produced double digits wins 
You had seven-game win streak, which is the longest since 1988. You made the conference semifinals for the first time since 2004. And you were also chosen as the uh, North Division Coach of the Year. Congratulations. Thank you. Take me through this season as a whole and how your group was able to put together the special season through all of the obstacles that could have derailed it. Right. It was a year that from the start of fall, um, we just didn't know if we are going to have a season, right? So I think my approach so much more than basketball, because I, if, if I was able to bet, I would have said, there's no way we're having a season. Uh, I would have lost a lot of money. So my focus was on our, our women and their health mentally, um, mostly because it was, I mean, it was hard. It was dark. I had, I had days in this COVID psycho where man it, it got dark and, and tough and you just don't see the the light at the end of the tunnel and I you know I thought of our kids in the dorms freshmen coming from far away from the first time living alone and now they're in a single bedroom dorm and they can't leave their room because there's no classes and they can only go to you know in the gym three at a time and and just all this this toughness so I focused on them as women and making sure their mental health was good for even kids that never have a blink of the eye of, of alluding to having any issues. I was prepared and our staff was prepared to say, this is going to be tough. Um, so we made it as light as we possibly could. And we just honestly tried to find the joy in every single day of, all right, basketball is our sanctuary right now. We get to come to the gym and just play and and be around each other. And that's the best hour of the day. Um, and that was kind of how we focused every day. Once we got to season and we knew we had a schedule, we knew it could be taken away any second. We could have a COVID outbreak, which we did have a hiccup and we, we had a COVID case and we got lost two basketball games early and we just, we knew it, we knew it could go away any second. So I think that mindset of just keeping it light um, helped as far as, you know, how we approached it, but it wasn't no, you know, it wasn't just a fluke that we were successful. I mean, we, we were planning on having a, a, a steep jump of a year. We were planning on being successful and competitive and, and really take that big leap. And so it was really special to see that come to fruition. Heading into this off season, you guys obviously want your players to grow. You want to build on the success of this past year, but when looking at it, at yourself how do you want to grow during this offseason I always I always want to grow um with my patience I'm I have a temper still (laughs) um I I want to just be able to react slower and in basketball brings the worst and best out of me um and I I just continue wanting to be mature and Growing that um, type of, I don't know if you want to say, just kind of who I am um, in every aspect. I just want to react slower to things. I want to understand more. Um, And obviously, I want to become a better X and O coach. We have some talent, so I want to learn and watch. How can we make our offense better? How can we make our full court press significant, you know, all those little simple things that aren't simple, but are, are every, every year things, how can we make our, our team better X and O wise, but 
I think I'm a better person when I'm in a better state of mind and I'm healthy. Um, the better and healthier I am and the more organized and um, routine I am, the better person I am. So I continue to try to be a better person every single day. Um, and, and that makes me a, a better coach for sure. Well, Coach, I'm excited to see how you follow up this past year. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to tell us a little bit about your coaching journey, and I wish you and your program the best going forward. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. I appreciate it. I want to thank Coach DeVille for taking the time to join the pod. I want to thank all of you for listening as well. Be sure to like and follow our social media pages for more great episodes of the Small School Big Time Hoops podcast. Look out for weekly podcasts with many more great coaches coming soon. This is Javon Masters with the Small School Big Time Hoops podcast. And until next time, stay safe, stay positive, and keep growing the game.